So I just want to say welcome. I'm glad you're here. If you're new here, it's a great time to jump in as we start our 26th year. Next year, I want to say hello to everybody that are watching online. My mom watches online. If you follow me on Instagram at all, you know my mom does not like my beard, okay? So but she was very nice. We got to go see her. She beat me in cards every night. We walked two miles together. She's 80 years old and just doing great. So mom, it was such a great visit with you. I want to say hi to everybody at the Missouri City campus. That, that campus is 10 years old now. I can't believe that. And they're doing great down there by Elkins High School and Knights Court. So if you're down there, go by and see Chad. He'd love to say hi to you. And then I'm really excited because I love music. That's one of the things. I knew when I started the church at 32 years old, I knew the preaching was not going to carry us, okay? So I said, God, please provide great music. And we just have had such amazing music. I don't know what's happened to the other campuses, but today... Day here was incredible. We had Nolan Burke, his, his guitar caught on fire. Okay, that's just all I'll say. And uh, every, it was just great. It's just a great day. But listen, if you like live music, we have a concert down at the West End on the 12th and 13th. We've been pushing. It sells out. It's a great way to invite. There's no sermon. It's just music. It's just great. Horn section's going to be there. It's going to be incredible. But it is going to sell out. It's the 12th and 13th, identical shows, so you can pick what day works for you. And you but you need to get those tickets right away. It's at uh, rpc.me slash Concerts or something. I don't know what it is. Anyway, I made that up. So anyway, go, go find it. It's great. Well, hey, listen, it's a miracle that we survived 25 years. There's been good times and bad. Have you ever look back at your life and you think, what a miracle. You don't see it in real time. But there's this, this, this retrospect, this like, how did that happen? I can't believe that happened. It's a miracle, right? Now, I don't know what kind of person you are, but I believe in miracles, but it's hard to believe in miracles. It really is. Christmas is really the reminder that God's the God of miracles. He's supernatural. He works above nature. That's really what a miracle is. Let's look at a definition. Okay, this will be on your test, so take notes. Here we go. A miracle. A miracle is a surprising and welcome event that is not explicable by nature or science, law, scientific laws, and is therefore considered to be the work of a divine agency. So that's what a miracle is. It's unexpected and unpredictable. Now, this is why we have our time with miracles, because they're unpredictable. You can't, listen, I want you to hear this, you cannot conjure up a miracle, as bad as we want one, we can't conjure up. We can ask, we can plead, we can beg, we can tell God he should do a miracle, but God decides when he intervenes and when he doesn't. Miracles are hard to believe in because they are so unpredictable and we live in a natural dimension. Our dimension, like, you're, like, like the world that we live in, is a dimension of time and space that limits us and scientific ideas. But God's not bound by that same dimension. And that's what we lose sight of. And that's what's hard to factor in. This is why we lose hope so much of the time. Because we live in a natural world and we know how things naturally work out. But we really need a supernatural event that happens in our life. In fact, that's what you might be thinking about today. Maybe some of you, maybe in Missouri City or West End or maybe the Ramsey unit today, you've lost hope. You've lost hope because naturally you're, you're stuck in this dimension where things don't look good, either with your marriage, your job, your family, your addiction, uh, your finances, your health, whatever it is, and you, you're wondering how in the world is all this going to work out. Well, you need a miracle. That's, that's what I need. And that's what Christmas is about. 
I don't know if you know this, but it's kind of a miracle that God exploded into human history and made a way for us to have forgiveness and grace. But it was predicted, this will be on your test, 700 years before Jesus ever showed up. The prophet Isaiah talked about it because it was such a big miracle and so unbelievable and so unpredictable that God himself wrote it down and said to the prophet Isaiah, tell the people, here's what's going to happen. Here's what he wrote, Isaiah chapter 7. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. This birth that we're about to talk about was such a miracle that God wanted to give sort of a signal or a sign. Don't miss this. It's a one-of-a-kind happening. A virgin is going to have a child. I know that's not naturally the way things work. So he wanted to give this sign, and he says, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and we'll, be call, and we, and we'll call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Now, Emmanuel is this Hebrew idea of this, God with us. So God is with us. God's with us. And that's what happens. And you would expect, if you believe in God at all, you'd expect God, who's above nature, to come to man in a supernatural way. So Mary uh, was chosen because she was highly favored. So Jesus has a heavenly father and an earthly mother, meaning he's fully God and he's fully man. Now, I know we don't like that as Gentiles. We like to be things to be one thing or the other thing. But God's both things. He's fully both Things. It's hard to imagine that a baby born in Bethlehem in a manger grew up to be the savior of the world. But when he came, this is the good news, a new covenant, a miracle came. No longer the Old Testament cause and effect and getting God to work on your behalf if you do a certain thing. There was now ushered in a new covenant. And it replaced the old covenant. And the new covenant was one of grace. That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that Whomever shall believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This is the idea that God has extended the hand of friendship and intimacy with you, and he knows all about you and loves you anyway. He's not waiting for you to clean up your life. He's not waiting for you to get your act together. He's waiting for you to receive the gift that he's come to give. We get insecure about that because we feel like we got to earn our way or be religious or be good, and God's going, no, just the way you are. That's the new covenant. He was saving us so we could have a relationship with him. In fact, that's what all miracles are supposed to do. I know we have this idea of I need a miracle to make my life better, but here's what miracles are supposed to do. They're supposed to draw us close to God. When a supernatural thing happens, it's not just about your comfort, right? It's about, it's about a relationship with God. Miracles draw us close to God, not just to solve our problems. The problem is the opportunity for the supernatural. But the result of the miracle isn't just about us being more comfortable or having a better life. It's about us having a deeper faith. It's about us depending on God more. And you need a history of this, by the way. The problem is there's no atheist in foxholes, right? So when we get into trouble, man, we're praying and God comes through. And you need a history of that because guess what? Trouble's coming. This is a terrible Christmas message. <laughs> trouble is coming. And you need to know when trouble comes that God's not unaware. And God's not bound by time. He's not bound by space. He's not bound by a body. 
And he can do whatever he wants. And you need a history. You need to be able to refer back to, hey, hey, I know we're in trouble and we need a miracle. But do you remember that time when God did this and God did that and God did the other thing? God's going to do the same. God's going to help us. God's going to make this work. You see, here's what we're careful of. Because miracles are so unpredictable, we don't like to rely on them. And because you can't conjure them up, you can't just produce one. I know there's a lot of TV preachers out there telling you you can get God to move if you pray a certain way or hold your leg this way or do this or give enough money. If you give enough money, maybe I should be preaching that. You know, give enough money, God will come through for you. But if you take away the unpredictable nature of God's supernatural hand in your life, you know what you have left? You have a teacher, or you have a rabbi, you have a leader, you have a religious folk hero, but you do not have a savior. You see, none of those kind of roles, teacher, rabbi, leader, folk hero, they don't make a lasting impact in your life. Only a savior does that. So God is with you. Not only that, Isaiah, 700 years, right? Are you writing this down? 700 years before Jesus ever shows up, says this, for us to a child is born. To us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Let's say those highlighted words together because God wants us to know something about him. All right, are you ready to participate? Missouri City, West End, you ready? Ramsey Union, here we go. Ready? Here we go. Start right here. Here we go. And wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. So not only is God with us, here's the thing that you can know, God's for us. God is for us. He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting father. He's the prince of peace. In other words, he's not going to work his miracles so that your life will get better and comfortable, so you'll have peace in your circumstances. He wants to be your peace. He wants to be your peace. And because he wants to be your peace, he is this father that you can depend on. He's mighty. He can take care of your problems. God is for us. So here's the warning. Be careful. All of us, including Mary and Joseph, tend to explain away the supernatural. It's scary for us in some way. Or we tell our friends, well, this miracle happened. They think you're crazy. Well, you are crazy, actually. But, but that's not because you believe in miracles. It's some other reason. But you've got to be careful. Because if we explain away the miracles, then here's what we'll become convinced of. And this is what's dangerous. We'll become convinced that God is far away and God doesn't care. And as soon as we believe that, and I have believed that at times, that God is far away and God doesn't care, your relationship with God becomes ultra-religious or irrelevant in so many ways. And you don't depend. You just live out your natural order of things. You know how things work. And as you get older like me, God, I'm getting so old. 25 years. Did y'all do the math? 32 to 28 and a half, right? Yeah, so it's like... The problem is, when you, as you get older, you think you know how things do work. You, 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 they become predictable. You have a history. There's a lot of water under the bridge. You, you kind of know how it goes. And what happens is it puts you in this trap, and, and you just assume things that aren't true because you factor out. This is just me talking. Factor out God. But 700 years later, 
Here's what happened, Matthew chapter 1. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together as husband and wife, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Uh Uh-oh. Because Joseph, her husband, was a faithful to the law. He was a Jewish guy. He was totally faithful to the law. She was a Jewish girl, teenager. And yet they did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He loved her so much. And he knows how things work. It's that predictability thing. I know how women get pregnant. And you're pregnant. And I know we haven't been together. So I know how this works. So I'm going to call off the wedding. But I'm not going to embarrass you. Okay? That's kind of his plan. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord, a miracle, a supernatural happening happened, right? The Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. This is from God. And she will give birth to a son. And You are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. He's going to be the savior of the world. Then he refers back to Isaiah. All this took place to fulfill what was said 700 years before. What the Lord has said through the prophet Isaiah. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So God, 700 years before, remember God... Uh, 700 years for God is like the blink of an eye, right? But 700 years before, he goes, hey, a sign's going to be given to you. You're not going to be able to miss this. A woman who is a virgin is going to have a baby. And that baby is going to be the savior of the world. You cannot miss this. So for generation after generation after generation, they told that story. And when it finally happened, it finally dawned on them, this was the thing we've been waiting on. See Like Joseph and Mary, I think you and I underestimate God. We think God somehow is just going to work in ways that we understand, but he doesn't. He works in ways far above our understanding. The almighty God is going to do and work in a way because he's got this redemptive plan. And for us to have a balanced idea of who God is, his character and his nature, grows our faith. If you're not careful, right, uh, then you'll just think God's far away and doesn't care. But I wrote this down. I thought this was good, so I wanted to show you. I worked hard on this. Here we go. It's impossible to have a fulfilling relationship with God without understanding his presence. So if today you feel like God's far away, you need to figure this out because he's not far away. Christmas is about God coming near. The second part of this is his presence, the understanding of his presence, and it's impossible to depend or have a faith that's real without on God if you don't see his provision, that God's at work for you, that God is with you and God is for you. And you've got to understand that. Even when you don't feel it, that's the truth. God's word tells us. Christmas reminds us God's a miracle worker. He's here to provide something. He, he's here to help you. Now, some of us smart people have been to college. You say, well, I just believe in science. It's sort of the nacho libre kind of idea in theology. You ever seen that show? Highly recommend it. You know, nacho libre. He says, I don't believe in God. I believe in science. And then um, Jack Black says, how come you've not been baptized? Anyways, anyway, so I love that. Have you seen this movie? Oh, my God. It's such a funny movie. So great. Oh, I could quote that movie. <laughs> All day. I won't, though. Listen, 
Science is just us discovering what God has created. That's what it is. There is no, there is no problem with science and supernatural. We don't understand. Science doesn't attempt to explain everything. And if you're going to limit your understanding of how, what's true in life to something you can prove but you know it's not provable, then you're going to so limit yourself in the world. That's why we have trouble, I think, is this isn't how things work. So we explain away God's supernatural hand in our life. And we're not alone. Joseph was scared and Mary was scared. You know, the angel uh, Gabriel came to Mary and said, Mary, highly favored. God's going to do this amazing thing. I know, I know, I know this is going to be hard to believe, but the Messiah, the one you've been taught about is coming and you're going to give birth to this boy, and you're going to call him Jesus, and he's going, to, he's going to be the savior of the world. And she says she was very troubled by this, as you would be. What an understatement in the Bible. Troubled by what? First of all, an angel appearing to you would freak you out, okay? Secondly, for him to tell you what's about to happen would freak you out. But look at what Mary responded. After this amazing thing, here's what she said. She said what you would say. How? How? How will this be? Mary asked, since I'm a virgin. It's like, you got to remind God, God, things don't work this way. You see, here's what I believe. The problems that we have with our anxiety and depression and, and, and fear has very little to do with the what. The what is something we know. At least we know what we need or what we want. That's kind of a parent. That's not a problem. We can identify that. We want healing, or we want sobriety, or we want financial freedom, or we want our marriage to work, or we want our children. Listen, you need them. If you have a children, you need a miracle, really. A lot of them. This is a long story. And as your kids get older, you need bigger miracles, okay? I mean, like giant miracles. It's like, what a miracle. Like, oh, you survived. Oh, God, that's a miracle. And uh, that kind of deal. So I, I get that. But, but the idea is not in the what. It's in the how. That's where our anxiety rests. We can't figure out how the what is going to come to be. And because we can't figure out the how it creates fear and anxiety. And we got this thing called Google that's supposed to tell us how. But it doesn't answer all the questions of how. And we're left with this unresolved need of what we need without the how. And Mary had the same thing. Okay, yeah, that's a great little story there, Angel. Let me tell you something. How's that going to happen? I'm a virgin. Well, the angel accommodates Mary. You should read this, Luke chapter 1, and tells her, tells her, this is what's going to happen. This is, going, this is how it's going to happen. The Lord's going to come in present. You're going to be pregnant. And you're gonna, and I don't think it helped her. In fact, here's what I'd say about your need to know how and my need to know how. I don't think if God would sit down and say, when you say, God, how are we ever going to get out of this financially? How are we ever going to get through this? How are we ever going to get on with this crisis? And he said, okay, you want to know how? Here's, how, here's what's going to happen. I don't think you'd believe him. I don't think Mary believed him until she started getting big. You know, I guess this is happening. Well, I got to lay off the pizza. Something's going on here. It takes us a while to get our natural minds around the supernatural happenings of God. 
And so I think that's the problem with you and I. Is the angel explained it to her, and she didn't really get it. Jesus did this a lot. He'd say, hey, here's what's going to happen. Let me explain to you how this is going to occur. And he'd always question, oh, come on, Jesus. That's not how things work. And Jesus said this way. He, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, because man's natural and limited, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And that's what we forget. When it comes to miracles, that's what we forget. We forget nothing's impossible with God. In fact, that's what the angel finally, after this explanation of what's going to happen and how the conception was going to occur and all this stuff that we just blows our mind, finally the angel just summed it up this way and said, nothing is impossible, Mary, with God. Remember that. So as impossible as your situation may look and as difficult as you have figuring it out, nothing's impossible with God. Now, the problem we have is things are so impossible with us. We get ourselves into situations that we can't get ourselves out of, we, problems that we can't solve. And we desperately need a miracle. And miracles, I hate to tell you this, Miracles don't always come the way we think they do. That's the problem. Our, what we think we need God to do, because we live in a broken world that is not fair, the, the miracle doesn't happen. There's a family down at the West End campus that we've just loved, the Goody family. And Matt Goody had a terrible accident and ended up in the ICU in a coma. And our church... And Abe Matos, our pastor, and me and Lisa, we, we prayed for a miracle. I know they were praying for a miracle. I'd get text after text. We're believing God for a miracle. And it would take a miracle for what that he had a brain injury. And it was just like, oh, we need him. I went down to the hospital, begged God. And here's what I do when I need a miracle. I don't even know if this is right. But what I do is I say, God, I know you can do this. I know you can raise this boy up. I know you can do it. And here's what I say that I don't know is right, but I do it anyway. I say, God, you should. You should do this for this, for this wife, Mackenzie. Oh, you should do this, God. And he didn't. And yesterday, Matt passed. And we're left with going, where's our miracle? And then you remember, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's another miracle that did happen. There was a time in Matt's life where he understood his need for a savior. He came to a place in his life where he believed that Jesus was the Messiah and that he died on the cross for his sins and he, he gave his life to Christ and he became a faithful follower of him. He wasn't perfect, nobody is, but he was so involved, him and McKenzie at, at our West End campus. And a miracle occurred. He was redeemed. He was saved that one day, and this day came way too early, but one day when he was going to pass and his body did give out, he would live forever. And now we don't have to wonder where he is or what's happened to him. He's in the presence of Jesus in a place called paradise, and it's an amazing thing. that It doesn't help McKenzie or the family right now, but it will eventually. 
that our time on this planet is so short for all of us, and we don't know what it was. So a miracle did occur. It just wasn't the one we were begging for. But God in this situation is still good. That he had an eternal, he's the eternal father. Remember that part? Not just a father of this world or our lives here, but he's the eternal father. And he has a long-range view. And one day we'll be reunited with those that have passed and believed in Christ. I wish God answered every prayer with the miracle I prescribe. Wouldn't that be amazing? Be like a push-button God. I'll take B7, the sticker bar falls out. I mean, it's just amazing. Put your dollars in there and your volunteer time and your good works. That's all Old Testament stuff, by the way. And then you push B7 and that, and that little Debbie cake. You know those Christmas cakes? You get a, a little Debbie cake comes out. Man, I can't get enough of those little Debbie cakes. <laughs> and we're reminded that a miracle is unpredictable. And our response should be that of Mary. And I'll end with this. When the angel of the Lord told Mary, nothing's impossible with God, her response was this. May it be as exactly as you have said. I'm just going to surrender to whatever happens to me. I'm just going to say, I don't have control. So in this Christmas season, if you want to see a miracle, draw close to him. He's close to you. Spend some time with God in the morning. It doesn't have to be a lot. In the shower, washing your hair. The whole time you're washing your hair, you should talk to God. It's kind of a weird picture, isn't it? But uh, some of you need to multitask because you got ADD so bad, okay? So I know, I'm with you, okay? That kind of deal. Don't be discouraged. Here's the other thing. Don't be discouraged that you can't figure out the how because that space where you're frustrated that you can't figure out the how is the space for the miracle. That's the place. And you're going to have to live in the unresolved. And for a control freak like me, that's very difficult to do. Some of you, I'm not talking to everybody, just some of you control people. Missouri City, West End, you controllers. Me, I'm a controller. We're going to start a small group at the beginning of the year for control freaks, but I'm going to set the time and place. Anyway, so, <laughs> see, I can't stop. So surrender. Okay, God, I don't know how, but I know what, and I know you. See, you don't need to know how when you know the person who does know how. You just got to trust him. Listen, you're not in control anyway, so let God have control. Surrender to him. The best thing you could do is what Matt Goody did at some point in his life. He gave his life to Jesus. And as we start this Christmas season, maybe that's what you need to do. I know not all your scientific questions are answered and you have a hard time believing in a virgin birth. Uh, get over it. <laughs> Just get over it, man. Just, you ain't that smart. If you believe in God at all, you have to believe he's not bound by your understanding. He'll do whatever he wants. And let's just grow close. That's right. Let me say a prayer for us because I'm hungry and I need to go eat. Okay, so let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for Matt and Mackenzie. And I know Mackenzie is just devastated today. And may she feel the love of the Holy Spirit. May she feel the peace that passes understanding. May she understand that her church loves her, that her people love her and her group loves her. And she's not alone. God, we don't really understand why the miracle didn't happen. It just seems so right that it would. But we're going to trust that you're good anyway. 
And there's a bigger story going on, an eternal story, and we know one day we'll be forever and ever with you. So I pray. And if you're here in Missouri City or at Ramsey Unit or you're at the West End Campus and you've not given your life to Christ, boy, now, right now is the time to do it. It's not a surrender to be good or to come to church. It's about receiving a gift. God, thank you. I believe Jesus was the Messiah. He was the Savior of the world, perfect in every way, and he died on the cross for my sins. So I ask for forgiveness. I ask you to come into my life, and I want to follow you. I won't do that perfectly, and I'll doubt you all along the way, but I want to know that I know you. Thank you. That salvation prayer is the beginning of an amazing thing. So God, we thank you for loving us. May we look for a miracle this Christmas season. In Jesus' name, amen.